Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now, here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. episode number 52 people <laughs> welcome back to another episode of deep thoughts with the dixons Do you know this what is, that means we've actually just hit the 365 day one year mark of yeah. doing the podcast i know 52 episodes 52 weeks in a year i think right um yeah so we uh we were just thinking like well, what are we going to talk about this week and what are we going to do as you guys know we're like in the middle of launching some new products and doing some new things so we haven't really had like the opportunity to sit down and you know map out our our podcast episodes recently but I promise I'll get back to it soon but we just thought we're like wow why don't we just share like the podcast story you know it's been a year of technically I just looked this up 52 weeks is not technically a year it's 0.99726 of a year so we're almost there but we'll since everybody goes by this type of calendar we'll say there's 52 weeks in a year Everything you just said just went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting astrological Uh-oh. on us. Um, but yeah, for those of you that maybe just like joined our podcast not too long ago and maybe don't know how it started and what had happened and all these things, I'll give you a little backstory. Um, I was climbing Mount Everest. First, <laughs> no, well, the first is like I I wrote a Well, I started writing a book called Intuition Innovation. Um, you guys can buy it on our website if, if you're interested. But I um, started writing that. Brian jumped in and co-authored it with me as well. And I would say like a year or two after it, I was like, wow, I would just love to talk about that stuff instead of writing because I suck at writing. <laughs> well, I think it was a big eye-opener too because writing that book, I think, was a big... The feedback was phenomenal, right? Yeah, that, that, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting oh. at, for you personally, I think it was a huge evolutionary point because it was a great creative project, like something that you really put your heart and soul into, like opening, You're right. opening this creative outlet that I don't think you had tapped into as much before. I never wrote a book before. I never did something creative before. I always thought of myself as a very analytical um, anal. analytical person analytical person um who was more into like you know operations and and companies and like law and these kinds of things so you're right that was the first opportunity that I had to actually sit down and just write and although I admit that I'm not the best writer the content was pouring out of me and it was just like it was a very fun experience so year or two later I was just thinking I'm like I would love to just do more of that kind of stuff but maybe speak on it a little bit more instead of writing because I felt writing was very tedious for me. And uh, so the podcast idea was funneling through my head. Um, it was like the summer before our wedding. So I like I was kind of busy with things and not really executing on them. And I remember us being on our honeymoon in Tulum thinking like, gosh, like I'm going to do a podcast when we go back and start. Long story short, I did start a podcast with somebody and it went really, really well. Um, decided to go our own ways. And then I was thinking like, how am I going to do this podcast so that I could create a brand out of it, you know, on my, on my own. And that's where, I don't, I don't really remember how I thought of you or what I said to you, but I just remember you looking at me and kind of being like wanting to do it, but like hesitant. You're kind of like, are you sure about this? Like, is this what you want? Like every week you and I recording a podcast, you know, like, do you want me to be the co-host with you? And I could tell that he wanted to and he was all for it because I think that while I was doing the podcast with uh, my previous co-host, I think you were like into it. Like, I think you at some, at somewhere at some point we're like, wow, like I could do a podcast too. Mm -hmm. And so somehow the stars align and we're like, okay, let's just start. So last year, this time, Brian and I launched Deep Thoughts of the Dicks and the Deer. Do you remember our original logo? <laughs> it was a brain falling into brain. like a pool of yeah, water. Yeah, it was a pink brain. Deep thoughts. Yeah, falling into like an ocean or like a body of water with like white writing. And I'll never forget this. I turned that logo around in less than seven days. I went on Fiverr and I hired somebody. Yeah. Um, and then what was our second logo? The second logo was a brain, but it was more of like a nude tan color background. And the With like a black. Like black or white. Yeah. But it was just like a very simple, clean, like brain icon uh-huh. almost. Excuse me. But it was, it was great because, and I think this is a big th- learning lesson for a lot of people that they think when they want to start something, 
that they have to all have to have all these different things in place to like get something to like start a podcast. If you have it, let's use podcast as an example. You want to start a podcast, you got to put all these things in place. I got to get the name, I got to get the brand, I got to get the logo. Like, like you just have to decide you want to do it and then do it. Well, right? I can. Like we did everything I, yeah. and got everything prepared, leveraging like you know it probably cost us what under a hundred bucks. Well, no, I, I I can touch on that like. By the time I was doing the podcast with you, that was my second time around, right? Mm -hmm. But even the first time around, it's like the hardest part was to just say, I'm going to do it now and I'm going to take the first step, you know, and not be afraid that it's not going to be perfect. Like my first, first podcast episode, I thought was atrocious <laughs> not the one with you you know like the, the and i'm saying atrocious in the sense of me like my, me personally like i was rambling i was cursing i was not composed i was very very nervous for my first episode so i learned a lot from that point on and that by the time i was doing it with brian and i was like okay i'm going to stick to this now for a full year and i'm not going to quit even then we pivoted our logo three times you know even then i would do something put it out there and say hmm this is how it could be better this is how it didn't stop us though like it, it should not stop you when you want to do something and we've also never once over the last year since we started we've never one time recorded a podcast and say you know what we're not going to do it let's record it again we've always given yeah. you the direct content and for a lot of people too when you're hearing what we're saying you we don't edit stuff. We don't edit anything. Yeah. Like we, we edit it so the quality is good. Like yeah. the audio I don't, quality I don't have time good. to sit here and chop and clip and but edit. And chop and <laughs> clips. Like what you get is the end result of yeah. we hit end on our recording and we push it and distribute it out to you. So you hear like, my glass clinking or you hear my phone <laughs> dinging. Like I'm not cutting that shit out. It's staying in there. But, you know, he's right though. And I just think that the lesson here to be learned, even for us and myself as I look back, is one, um, if you're somebody who thinks that you don't have a creative side to you, you're, uh, you're definitely wrong because I, I, I thought I was one of those people, but it's like when you give it that power and you let yourself go and explore new things, you can have hidden, hidden talents or hidden things that you enjoy doing. And I often think that people that are more analytical or mathematical oriented tend to be people that think they're not creative. You're thinking. Exactly. And what I've learned from that is you can be incredibly creative. I was actually just thinking about this earlier today. That I was, oh, really? I was, Were you, Brian? I, well, Please share your deep thoughts with us. Let me share my deep thoughts with you real quick. So I was thinking of like people that are really good at like English grammar, right, creative writing. Like you. And then people that are really good on like the math and sciences side. Like me. Right? Usually, <laughs> usually, usually it's, it's rare to see people that are great at both of those things. Like when you're growing up in school, you're like, you excel at like writing and history. Brian stuff. loves my blogs, by the way, guys. <laughs> Speaking of, that's something I do got to edit. Um, but, and then there's people that's really excel in the math and science side. That's usually how it works. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of times people feel that if they're on the analytical mathematical side, that they, they don't lack, feel that they lack creativity. They don't feel it. They don't, well, that's not we what think I'm saying. It. They think it. Yeah. yeah. And they overanalyze. That's a good yeah. point. And how I combat that is I say, how can you take what you're good at mathematically and be creative with it, right? Like, think about all the creations that we use on a daily basis that come from a creative inspiration mathematically. Every product that you use required mathematics to, to invent it, right? Every software product. I never looked at it that way. The dimensions of a cell phone, the yeah. dimensions of this microphone and the engineering that goes in it to put it together. Like, this is creativity right here, right? Like, somebody took this from a vision they had and they manifested it into a tangible product. Like, that is how, if you're an analytical person, Think about things like that. How can you take th things that you think about and mm -hmm. then leverage your, how you excel at mathematics or science and then bring that into the physical dimension? Whereas in like writing and the creative side, like people could be really good artists or good writers or good you know musicians or all sorts of different things like that. But on the math side, you can be just as creative if you think through how you can leverage these areas you excel into bringing something in a tangible form. Agreed. Um but that's the point. Like, I, I, if you if you think you're not, uh, stop thinking. Human beings are innately creative. Yeah, just like, we've been actually shown and indoctrinated throughout school that we're not creative. That we're not creative. Right. It's it, it's not it's not bread. Like art class was a joke. Right. Creative writing is a joke. Drama class is a joke. And it's just like we weren't pushed or trained that way to explore both sides. And of course, some of us are born with such a talent that it's just like, I'm going to sing and I don't care what anybody else says and I don't want to go to school anymore, you know? But 
not all of us have that strong pull towards it. Um, it's interesting what you just said is like that's almost the culture where you're in school and coming through it is oh creative writing is like a blow off class that you want... should just do to just to get by and get your credits yeah they when don't... in reality you should actually do it because it taps into a completely different segment of your brain that you're not used to using which can help enhance creativity yeah and they things. also they almost like don't want you to be in the now because let me try to make a point here so last two weeks we talked about dr dispenza right and the alpha beta uh theta states and the brain waves and how he was discussing how 99% of us every single day stay in the beta state wave of our brains, which is the thinker, the doer, the analyzer, the, the one who's thinking about the next thing to do and, you know, always like just stuck in their life, right? Barely do many of us take time to just flow. The feeling you get when you're singing in the car, driving on a long highway, when you're painting something, when you're singing a song or when you're, uh, doing something you like to do, right? You're like in that in the creative flow. It's like that flow state. Everything that's creative pushes you into that flow state in your brain waves, which is has been proven by science to be healthier for our bodies, mm-hmm. for our um, brain function, for our heart, for our uh, for our bodies, for our immune system, for everything. And so it's almost as if the entire system of schooling is geared towards keeping you in the beta state. Mm-hmm. Got to get up. Alarm clock. Mom's going to yell at me. I'm going to miss the school bus. I have to go do this. I have to get my book bag. I have to get my homework, right? Oh, shit. Who am I going to sit with at lunch today? You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just You're not, analyzing all the time. You're analyzing and overthinking things all the time. And you're never in the flow, um, which is what our literal physical makeup of our bodies need in order to thrive um, and flourish. So making a little scientific dot right there with last week's episode, I feel like there's like a bit, it's like an uncovering. Like maybe they know the powers that be even know this. They're like, let's not teach the kids how to be in the creative flow because their brainwaves um, are too good for them at that point. Well, you know? there's, there's actually, I think it pushes a little bit further than that is if you think about it, the more creative most people are, the less they agree with authoritarian figures and and principles so true and if you have a system of control that's trying to leverage control and fear to program a mass of people and they're all super and they all learn how to be super creative odds are is they're very unlikely to listen to those rules yeah and it's because like when you are in the creative flow there's like you just you detach from yourself right so you detach out of your body and your like humdrum life and your bills and whatever issues you may have with your body or whatever argument you had 10 minutes ago. You're able to detach from that. And now you're like pooling from like the universe almost. Like that's where creative things come from. That's where fiction stories come from. Like people are literally pulling from somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, like outside of themselves. So the focus is not on them and their small little life. Um it's creating something new. That's how inventions are made too. But uh, I forget the point I was trying to make here. Oh, how like the schooling system tells you almost that creativity is only in some people or it's not important in our society. But I think it's very important. And after doing the book, I learned that now after doing the podcast and looking back a year, it was the best decision I made to start the podcast um, again with you. And I think that the evolution over this last course of the year has been astronomical for me at least. You know, I remember when I first was recording how nervous, my heart was pounding. Like now we just like show up in our pajamas, (laughs) put the cords in and like, Hit play. Like, I used to fumble with GarageBand in the beginning. (laughs) You remember? (laughs) I'm like, don't mess up because I don't know how to change anything. (laughs) Um, And now it's just... uh, It's just casual. Yeah, it's a flow now. And it's definitely on some weeks, it's like a... It's such an outlet for me where I I do get into the creative flow with talking with people. Mm -hmm. And I've also noticed that being your most authentic self... um, is the way to go. There's no escape around that. And I had issues with that in the beginning because I would try to filter myself or I would try to say things a certain way or I wouldn't really speak my mind. But for me, it's like, I don't, I don't, when I say not filtering, I'm not trying to say bad things or hurt people's feelings or just, you know, be a dick on this, on this show. No, when I say unfiltered, I mean like being vulnerable and being open and honest. And that comes with time. And the more that I do that, 
the more positive feedback I'm getting from people, you yeah, know? I think you put it very well because one of the most difficult things that a lot of people struggle with is vulnerability yeah. and showing that they're vulnerable, like yeah. showing that they're not perfect in this way that they think society yeah. views them, right? And if you can be cool with that and objectively detach and say, you know what? I have vulnerabilities here and there and it's okay, right? That's totally fine. I'm going to embrace that and move forward in that way. And I think it creates this very unique energetic signature when that when you open up that door that creates a relatability to yeah. people because everybody is thinking this inside. They may not express it, but then when you discuss it, it's like, oh wow. You know, you like you've had you like you mentioned, you have so much more positive feedback about stuff. Yeah. It's because you are showing others that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. But even with the vulnerable, it's, it's almost as if like when you do kind of give it a voice, it doesn't even hold this so, this power over you anymore, right? When I am vulnerable or when we do overshare things sometimes on the podcast, it's not, it's not because I want to dump on anybody or it's not because I want to vent. It's coming from a place of like someone out there is listening now and I know that someone else has felt this feeling before. Someone has gone through something like this before. And the whole point of the podcast, if you guys go read our description in the iTunes thing, which I created over a year ago, is like to show people like you're not alone in any of this. We have, a well, my upbringing at least, had a way of, not in a bad way, not in a negative way. I, I can't look back and say anything negative about it, but almost like a being very strong and like, very emotionally always put together and like you know just like powering through things and keeping your nose to the grind and never letting anything trip you up in life right where I saw that but then I also didn't learn to be open with my feelings I didn't learn to be emotional and although that comes with a negative connotation when I mean emotional I mean feel even good feelings feel genuine love without being scared these are the things that I'm trying to, when I like overshare or I try to be vulnerable is like, I know there's other people out there who feel that way too. And they don't even know it yet. I didn't even know that this was it. You know, I didn't know that I'm not vulnerable for these reasons. This took years and years of like self-discovery to this day. It happens to me. You know that, mm -hmm. that I'm like, Oh, I am this way because of this, you know, and then you fix it and then you work mm -hmm. on it. But becoming aware of it is the first becoming step. aware is the first step. And so the whole point is that I know there's people who listen to this episode who are 10, 12, 15 years younger than we are. And I wish that at that time, at that age, someone could look at me and say, Nina, open up a little bit more. Like you don't have to be so put together all the time. You don't have to have it together. Crying or asking for help or, you know, admitting that you don't know what to do is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why. I do try to be vulnerable. I know there are times that I'm not, but like I do try to open up just so people can understand, like get this out of your system. I was telling Brian the other day, like we're making, we're releasing this lifestyle course. I want to make one for people between the ages of 18 and 25, um, how to release childhood programming. Um, and every kid would be different. I couldn't even make this and mass sell it because no one person has the same issues, right? But if I could just like help five kids um, and teach them like right then and there and stop all that nonsense there so that they're not in their 30s going through things that I have gone through or other 30-year-olds I know that have gone through, then, then we could create a better society. I think some people fear asking for help, right? And they... And it's like a big challenge. Because of rejection. Because of rejection. They're, they're afraid they're not going to get it or they're yeah. afraid that maybe they're not going to agree with the help they're given sometimes too. But what I think is important is if you shift the mindset and perception of asking for that help and think of it more as mentorship, you know, like don't yeah. think of it like, oh, helping me, poor me, I need this help. But think of it as like, this is part of my evolution. If I can have somebody that's more experienced in me than area actually help me, it's like them mentoring me. And I think that mindset really shifts the perception around the situation. You're right. But if someone's listening and is like thinking of wanting to do this, I'll say this to you. The repercussions of not getting that help now and being so afraid of trying to ask for help or fear of rejection or fear of like, I need help is nothing compared to the shit you're going to go through when you're past your 30s and how you could hinder your future. Um, I'm lucky in a lot of ways that Brian is a very aware individual. 
So it just turned out the way that the person I ended up marrying still is a part of my personal evolution, right? Like, I'm not the same Nina I was that you married two years ago. I'm not even the same Nina that we started dating again four years ago. I'm not even the same Nina you met 10 years ago, you know? I can say that you're, you're in a lot of ways the same Brian, although you're like outside stuff has changed. Like, you know, you're more, um, I don't know, you're more of an adult now, right? You're more responsible. You're not a partier. You cook, you clean, you do things. You're like a husband now. But the inner you, the innate you, I feel those changes didn't happen when I was around, right? They happened after I came back into the picture. But for me, a lot of my um, the last little bubble that had to like burst out of me, I feel, especially when it comes to emotions and feeling vulnerable and loving full-heartedly and being okay with who you are, came after, um, after we got married, actually. Um, and so not everybody has that. And do I wish I had mastered these things before I was 30 and before I was married? Yeah, I do. I think it would have been better. I think my career would have been somewhere else by now. But that's why I say that if you're... Um, it's never too late. Don't get me wrong. I'm an example of that. But if you're younger and you know you have to work on some things and you know there's like areas of your life, don't ever be afraid to ask for help until I get beyond that because you're only doing a disservice to yourself. I mean, I, I can't even imagine had I not started to write that book and admit that I enjoyed it and then try to take the podcast route, I don't know what I would be doing right now. Like, what would I be doing? Mm-hmm. Right? There would be no by Dixon. There would be no course. There would be no coaching. And so just thinking of that like freaks me out now, right? I'm like, oh shit, like if I never you're, went. you're like, what else would I rather be doing? Right yeah, now? like what else would, would I be like working from home, probably um, defending a client or something? Like what would I be a lawyer? To, like what would I be doing? Would I be in HR right now? Like scared of my job security with coronavirus? I don't know. But um you guys have to like step out there and be vulnerable. And and that's what I've learned with, with the podcast. Looking a year back, the whole point was that I've only grown as a person. And although, was, I mean, there were days where Brian and I surprised ourselves. We were unprepared because we were so bogged down with work. And some of those podcasts were the most streamed mm-hmm. podcasts and the most enjoyed. The ones that I got the most feedback on. Yeah. And so that's... Because they were more authentic. We just came right. and we just released what we wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah. It to wasn't put, so structured. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there. And when I was younger, I would hear this all the time, but I was just very shy and now I think no matter what line of work you're in, I do think you have to put yourself out there mm-hmm. no matter what. Look yeah. at that. I'm not going to edit that either, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to just put yourself out there and see where life takes you and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that's such an important point, too, because so many people will continue to make the same mistakes over and over again and what I'm calling mistakes is just looking back on it now like if I would have known this when I was younger I consider them mistakes and part of the learning lessons by not being able to be more vulnerable and ask for help when needed and then I transitioned you know after law school I came into this world where I was working with startups all the time and part of the very model of our business is finding early stage companies to invest in and then run through this program where we're mentoring them all the time. And what I thought was really unique about that was when I first started working in this space, the way that we had this model set up is we had all these what we call lead mentors in these programs that we run with startups. And each startup gets paired with a lead mentor and we have these weekly meetings where my team's in the room and like startups are in the room and the lead mentors are in the room. And when I sat there and I listened during the first program that I was a part of and I listened to these other people in the room that were so experienced in all these different areas I got so excited because I was like this is going to be such an amazing opportunity for me to learn like hundreds of years worth of business if you add up all these people's knowledge in all these different business areas and I'm going to get to learn all of this moving forward Like, you know, that's what we always tell the startup companies is when you come in here, you've got to be hungry for help because that's what we're going to provide. And you're about to get 
you know, just a tremendous amount of wisdom poured upon you from a business perspective and a life perspective from all of these very experienced people. And when I took that mindset with it of, wow, I'm going to get to absorb all this knowledge as part of what I get to do, it like created this complete shift in perception in terms of how I engaged every day because every day I get to come to work and I'm like hungry for more knowledge, right? And I think that's an important thing that when you shift the vulnerability to help to mentorship and you say, if I can get this help, it's going to help expand and accelerate my evolution, then that is something that is going to make me a better person, right? And throughout that process, I'm just going to learn so much and it's going to be able to put me on my path and accelerate that in a much faster way than I would if I hadn't have asked for help in the first place. So, you know, that's something that's just so important to be aware of and think about. And if I would have known that going back, you know, 10, 15 years from where I'm at now, I think that I would have been able to navigate things so much better throughout that process. I wouldn't have had so many learnings. But now every single day, that's how I look at things, right? Like, me, I'm completely objective in how I evaluate things that are going on around me. And I'm very vulnerable in the sense of I know that I don't know everything. And the more help I can get from other people, the more I can learn in that time span and the faster I can accelerate to where I'm trying to go. But in that whole process, you also want to be completely content with where you're at right now and knowing and understanding that you know, you're going to get to wherever you're going but by expressing these vulnerabilities and getting this mentorship to really help you along on that path, then I think you're going to learn that it's going to really impact you and help you throughout the rest of your life. And that's something that Nina and myself have both learned. But, you know, this is kind of an exciting point for us as we've been moving through this process in terms of the podcast and everything being that you know, we've done this now for a full year and all the really interesting things that have happened from it, right? So like Nina mentioned, we initially started with the uh, book, the Intuition Innovation book. Well, actually, let's, take, let's rewind a little bit past that. So when Nina and I first sat down to kind of lay out what we wanted to do to help build the opportunity to share our message, like we have felt that we've learned just a tremendous amount of information throughout our lives that we were learning, people were coming to us and asking us like, why do you do this? Why do you meditate this way? Why do you eat this way? Um, and when that started happening more and more, we began to realize, you know, there's a lot of people that are interested in the way that we're living our lives in, in different ways. They were seeing things on social media or different talks that we would do. And so when we started to get more and more questions, Nina and I went out to dinner one night and we said, let's just talk about how we could help other people how could we share this message in a more cohesive manner so that we could impact some people's lives and hopefully help them for the better and what we initially thought through was well what if we figured out a way to help accelerate people's awareness of us through building an audience right and so that was kind of where the inception of what we first started doing happened and we initially started with basically leveraging our social media profiles to try and engage with a lot of different people and build an audience. And Nina just became a rock star at that in terms of how she was able to learn how the algorithms work with these different platforms and the type of content that needed to be pushed out and what time of the day and what type of content resonated. And she was A-B testing all these different things. And when she was doing that, she really learned that you know there's a segment of people that have this really big interest in like this mixture of business and spirituality and health and wellness. But it was this place that a lot of people didn't talk about, right? So like you don't go to a business meeting all of a sudden and start chatting about, uh, you know, spirituality. It's not something that usually occurs. Happens with me all the time because I'm very forward about that. But um, I think that a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about that. They don't feel that they can be vulnerable in those scenarios, right? And what we learned is there is a huge percentage of people that have an interest in these things, but since they don't feel comfortable in society doing it, it holds them back. They fear talking about that. So when we recognized that and we really started to ramp up and get a lot more awareness in our audience, 
Nina started thinking, you know, I think there's an opportunity here for us to put more content together where we can package up all these principles around meditation and diet and these different things that we do and push it out through a book. And so we started constructing that and that's kind of the next step of what happened. And that was awesome because we put together this intuition to innovation book. And if you're interested in that, you can go on buydixon.com and check that out. But that was kind of the next step of what happened. And when that occurred, we started getting a great response and we were getting people purchasing this book from all over the world. And that was like a, a another big tipping point for us, I think, because what we learned is, you know, we can create this thing and we can push this out into the world. And just through leveraging the power of connecting with people through social media, we are able to share this message and these concepts that we think are tremendously important and impactful on not only our lives, but other people that implement them as well all around the world. And like from that, this snowball started to happen, the snowball effect in terms of how things started to fall into place. And we were having just amazing conversations and amazing engagements with amazing human beings all around the world. Like I know there's a, there's a woman who started by learning about us on social media and she purchased our book and this particular woman is in Mongolia and she reached out to us and she's like I love your content I've been following you guys it's so inspirational I I try to do as much as I can I'm working on my meditations I'm working on my diet and then she opened up our eyes because some of the things that we share in our book are around eating the right kinds of foods that are going to enhance your conscious state of awareness and really help elevate your body and your health and well-being. Well, a lot of that has to do with very fresh fruits and vegetables and trying to follow a very clean plant-based diet and drinking specific kinds of water, removing fluoride and things of that nature. Well, when she reached out to us, she was like, I really want to do this, but right, but Mongolia is basically landlocked between Russia and China. And what we get, unfortunately, is a lot of like the defective or hand-me-down produce that falls from Russia and China. They don't end up eating. So like we have a very challenging time removing meat from our diet because of the scenario where we don't get the best fruits and vegetables, the best quality of things. And like that was completely eye-opening for us. We had no idea. And so we, you know, chatted through with her and, and tried to do our best to help figure out and construct what's the best way that she could move forward you know, if she didn't have access to the same types of things that we would hear when we constructed everything. But that was just like another amazing thing that expanded our consciousness in terms of, you know, we got to make sure that when we're providing this content and this message to people, we have to be more conscious that some people around the world aren't going to have the same access to these types of things as others, right? And so now we're more aware of that. So we can kind of construct content that's very impactful for people but doesn't necessarily mean that it's only going to depend on where you live around the world. And, you know, the other things that have came from that book was, was just remarkable. Like I've been on this path for a really long time in terms of me trying to really enhance my spirituality and my conscious state of awareness and elevate my emotional intelligence. And I've worked really hard at it. Like it hasn't been an easy thing, but over the years, I feel that I've really got a much better grasp on it. And every single day, it's something I'm trying to improve and get 1% better and 1% better each and every day. But throughout this process, I notice when you shift your mind into this type of work and you really start focusing on doing the best you possibly can each and every day to become the best version of yourself something happens that's rather remarkable. And the way that I perceive it is you are changing fundamentally the energetic structure that radiates from your your being. And when that happens, it fundamentally alters the reality that you create. Like we've talked about this a ton on past episodes that you create a reality based on your thoughts, visions, and emotional states. And the emotional states is the most important thing because love versus fear or happiness versus anger, like these can all create derivative realities based on how you're feeling at different times. And it doesn't just happen overnight, but if you continue to stay in a certain mindset, you're going to continue to experience realities that are manufactured from the emotions within that mindset that you're in. And so as I continued to work on myself and I began to see this happen in my life, like firsthand, 
I was just blown away by some of the stuff that started happening, like the doors that started opening, the people that just randomly came into my life, right? Like I say random, it wasn't random at all. Like I think everything's by design based on your emotional state and what you're manifesting at that time by your personal work. But I just started having like the craziest things happening that was like the universe poking at me saying, Brian, this is part of your path, Brian helping people like you're doing and spreading this message. This is part of your path. And I'll give you another great example. Uh, I was on a business trip in Hong Kong and I was with a buddy of mine and we were over there and he does a lot of business in China. And we, I had two very, or three very interesting things happen when I was there. The first one was we went to Hong Kong because we were meeting with a member of the f- person that runs financial technology for the Hong Kong government to talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency. And the person that set up the meeting with this financial technology person in the Hong Kong government was actually somebody who lived in St. Louis for a short time, went through another startup program here, and then went back to Hong Kong to run his business and developed a relationship with him at that time. And he was like, yeah, I can definitely get you to have a meeting with this person in the Hong Kong government and see if anything comes out of it. So we were already in China at the time. We were like, yes, absolutely. So we were in Hong Kong and there's like, I don't know what the total population is there off the top of my head. It's like 10, 11 million people, something like that in a very concentrated area. And we can't get a hold of them. And we're like thinking about them. And the person that I was with too is very much you know, works on himself a lot, meditator, conscious breather, like does all these practices to try to enhance himself. So he's operating at a pretty high frequency as well. And while we're there, we're looking for this person and we're, so that we're going to have this meeting with the next morning, the person that came to St. Louis that lives in Hong Kong that set up the appointment. We can't get a hold of him anywhere. And we're like trying to meet him because we're going to go out to dinner and everything. And, uh, you know, we've been calling and texting him, but he just hasn't responded. So we eventually are just like, oh, it's okay. No worries. We'll just, uh, you know, hope that he shows up to the meeting tomorrow. Well, we're walking down the street in Hong Kong and literally this person, now take for granted, there's 10 to 11 million people that live here, right? In a very concentrated, so there's people everywhere. And we're walking down the street and the sidewalk going to this restaurant and this person backs up with their back out of like a 7-Eleven type convenience store on the side of the street and backs up into us, like almost knocks us off the sidewalk by accident because they're holding a bunch of stuff in their hands and they're not paying attention and turns around and it is the person that we were trying to get a hold of. Like in the middle of the city and like things like that, like it's the strangest thing. So that's the first thing that happened that was so strange. The next thing that happened is I randomly realized that a really, really good friend of mine back from St. Louis that um, you know we invested in his company and um, he was growing the company, he just happened to be in Hong Kong at the exact same time. Literally, like anywhere, anywhere in the world he's there. So we ended up meeting him to go to dinner as well. So that's another interesting thing. But the really remarkable thing that happened that goes in line with this path that we're taking in terms of the, the spreading the message and the book and the podcast and these courses and things we're doing is I was in this restaurant in Hong Kong and I ended up meeting this man and we were chatting and he was like, you know, asking me about my background and who I was. And, um, you know, he had an accent. I could tell he was from London, I think. And I was asking about him. He's like, oh, I worked for Range Rover and I just retired recently. And, you know, he was like really struggling because he hated retirement. He felt like he had totally lost his identity. And I go, you know, this is how I kind of look at things in terms of our identity and universe. And I basically gave him this five minute explanation of how I look at the world in our reality. And I, and this individual just broke down and started crying in the restaurant. And I gave him a big hug and I was like, Hey, it's okay. You know, I love you, man. Everything's going to be okay. And he basically told me, you know, I've never in my, he's like my whole life, I've been thinking about what you just said, the, why are we here? The, what are we doing? The nature of our existence. And he's like, I've never heard anybody so easily describe it where it just resonated with me and I understood it and that in that very moment it gave me this very calm interesting feeling that I knew I was on the right path like I didn't know how the outcome was going to happen but I knew this was part of my path while I'm here because to be able to explain something that I felt I understood 
very quickly to somebody and have such a tremendous impact on them, it was like, oh, wow. It, it, like, it like almost gave me the goosebumps at, in the moments that it happened. And then since then, I've continued to keep in touch with this person and you know coached him in a sense. And this person just made tremendous strides in his life. And it was all just from randomly meeting somebody in this restaurant. And so that was another thing that happened where I knew that like what Nina and I were doing, like this was part of our path. We were on the right path to where we were going, you know, because we were having this, this type of impact on people by how we thought about things and the, and the positive message we were trying to spread. And then so after that, you know, we continued to develop this. And then eventually we started the podcast and the podcast was just that next step of the evolution and what we were doing. And like we talked about it earlier, like we just made the decision, we got it up and running really quick. And then here we are a year later, like we're doing this, we've done it for 52 weeks. We've had hundreds of thousands of people that have downloaded and listened to the podcast. Are you happy you said yes to me? Oh, of course. I mean, it was great. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's just like looking back and like understanding all the different puzzle pieces that fell into place to get us to where we are now. There's these different things that happen throughout the process, and the universe winks at you in these different ways and lets you know. Like the thing is, are you aware enough to listen when it's winking at you? Yeah. Did we have like moments of doubt and like just like what are we doing? And you know, like every Sunday or like every weekend. Sometimes we were so busy we were recording on a Monday night before Tuesday, you know. But it's weird because then we'd go out and we'd meet people and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, like I listened to your podcast, you know, like because your friends send it to their friends and and it's just like when you when I when I would get those interactions with people, because the podcast is not really in person, right? So when I get that interaction, I'd be like, oh, look at that. I got to keep going. Yeah. You know, like the tiniest little it's thing a, it's like to a me. Wink, right? Yeah. A or like somebody will send me a message on Instagram and say, oh my God, I listened to this one. This was my favorite one. I'm like, there's another little wink from the universe. Like things just keep kind of hinting at you. But like I had one happen literally just the other day. This doesn't happen. I'll say, until you take the first step. Oh yeah, you got to take the first step. But Anina and I mentioned this last week and we'll talk about it more before we sign off today. But we built this lifestyle course that we're going to be distributing to people soon. And I reached out to a contact of mine and I was like, hey, I put this course together. I think it's super valuable. And I think a lot of the, this person works with a lot of startup companies. And I was like, I think the startup companies that you work with, founder mental health is a big issue, right? Like entrepreneurs, mental health is a big issue in our world because they feel very isolated they're working around the clock they get super stressed out and anxious and they usually put a lot of a lot on the line to make the, a startup idea happen and so founder mental health is a really big topic and this lifestyle course that we created is a huge value add for that particular topic and helping founders and entrepreneurs be more calm you know raise their level of vibration be more emotionally intelligent be more aware and i sent this message to him recently and i said hey uh, I put this together. I think this could be super valuable for all the people that you serve. Um, if you're interested, just let me know. And the person's like, I'm, abs I'm absolutely going to check this out with my team. But he goes, I know what you were doing, Brian. And he like wrote this last part in caps. And it was really weird because usually people don't write things in caps and emails, right? He goes, I know what you are doing is one of the most important things that can be done. And he wrote the whole thing in caps. And it was like, oh, wow. That's like literally like another little wink from yeah. the universe like okay you know I, I i saw it i paid attention i'm gonna keep moving you just you start to know that you're on the right path even though you don't know what the next step is yeah because you keep that's yeah, what you have to be comfortable with and know? that's what you have to be okay with and hey let's go back to three weeks ago when i had all these fears of the unknown um <laughs> it's a big lesson for me in a lot of areas of my life and you just have to be okay with the unknown and the minute you kind of drop that resistance and just say okay like the universe knows what my heart wants. And you, I don't know, you start after so much like reflection and overthinking and pain and all these things and these emotions, you, you get fed up with yourself and you're kind of just like, all right, man, it's like, this is what I want to do. And I wish this would work out. And, and then like, boom, some like miracle happens. And then like, you're on your path yeah. or, or you get what you wanted. Yeah. That's so true. So, yeah, I mean that's it's been a really interesting twelve months, I guess, since yeah. we started this. I mean, especially since towards the tail end of it now, we've been during this or going through this very interesting time in terms of like the entire global economy and everything that's happening with the coronavirus and Yeah. I also feel that. that the podcasting industry has changed a lot too since I started. When I had started, it was back in two thousand nineteen, mm -hmm. beginning of two thousand nineteen everybody was doing a podcast everybody was starting a podcast now i feel like it's kind of toned down a little bit 
and people who like are going to do this for the long term kind of have like pulled through. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I still think that po- I don't I don't think podcasting is going anywhere. Mm-mm. If anything, I wish to hopefully in the future maybe change this to like a video format every week or better yet, like start to do like little in-person pop-up podcast episodes in like cities, you know? I don't know if this will end up happening, but I've kind of had this feeling that podcasting in time is going to turn into like the next generation of audio books. Like Netflix. If it hasn't even happened I think it's going to be like a yet. Netflix for podcasts. Yeah, I think that's very likely too. That there could definitely be like its own content provider. Yeah, it's going to be like influencers of the podcasting. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where you basically distribute it and you can you know log on to a certain platform and there'll be very specific podcasting shows that yeah. you have access to. Not just like I don't think it's going to be free forever. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't bother me. I don't really care either way. But I don't think that people will put in the time and the effort that goes into doing a podcast for free i mean china it's a 7.9 billion dollar industry people pay to listen to podcasts in china yeah not that i like anything that china does but you know what i'm saying it's just that'd be cool (laughs) i mean people get like paid based on the plays that they get and they're just like making bank right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different market. But they don't have access to our stuff and we don't have access to their stuff, which is interesting. That is very interesting. I was telling about that story when I was in China and Hong Kong. When I was there, like you can't, in terms of access to stuff, like yeah. they have this giant internet firewall that you can't access mm-hmm. barely anything yeah. in the US unless you have a, a VPN, like a private network set up that you're pinging. But I remember I didn't really realize it as much my first time I went there and I pull out my phone and I go to check my G, like my Gmail account and it just like kept spinning and kept spinning. And I was like, why Why isn't my internet loading? I'm connected to the internet. And then I realized, oh, it's because you can't access it in China, right? I, like you have to use their stuff. I wonder what it's like in India. So when I went there last, I was too young. Like I didn't bring my computer and my like cell phone, you know? <laughs> um, I was like You brought 13. your Tamagotchi. Yeah, I was like 13 or 14 years old when I was there last. So I don't know what it's like there, but I have recently been thinking about it. I'm like really interested to know because I know that having internet in your home there is not a norm. Mm-hmm. People don't want the internet in their home. They want it at work in their office. They live a much cleaner lifestyle. And people don't realize it too. Having internet in your home like we do here in the U.S., that's constant yeah. waves. It's like, like on their radio phones. It's not good for yeah, your body. It's somehow, blasting through your house all the time. Right. Like somehow they have it on their, it's on their phones. Like my mom can always have it on her phone. But like when it comes to like in the house, like my grandparents don't have internet in their house. Like they don't care, you know, mm-hmm. like and... My aunts and uncles who are, although I think my one aunt does have internet just because she's, she's like a very busy person and like works a lot, but it's not a, they don't like die without it. Yeah. You know, like it's like, okay, hey, go down to the coffee shop and use the internet there yeah. if you want it so bad. Like it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's like that in a lot of places, but here, here, we, here we want to sleep next to a fucking Wi-Fi box. <laughs> Let me make love to the Wi-Fi box. But excuse me, of Wi-Fi, our power went out yesterday. Oh yeah, we did. Anyone in St. Louis is listening. Yeah, we had. Um, our power went out for a bit. For like an hour, over an hour. It was longer than that. It was a couple hours. I think it was at least three hours. It was out. Yeah. Um, then Conrad's magical phone call. That's right. Healed it away. Healed it away, <laughs> yeah. It popped back on. But uh, yeah, there was some storms yesterday and it, and it knocked some stuff out somewhere. But there was a bunch of homes in our area that the energy got knocked out. We want to know. I want to know something if anyone's listening right now is um, with this whole Corona thing, how many of you guys have actually been like listening to podcasts? Because I haven't been. Well, I think a lot of people listen to podcasts on their drives to work. At least that's what I usually Like, I never to. think of, let me put my headphones in and listen to a podcast here at my house. Yeah. Do you like my voice? <laughs> like, I just I just don't think of it. And so I was... I, but you know what's interesting, actually? I, when I was initially first doing the market research for podcasts, yeah, I learned that a very high percentage of podcast listens happened with women between the ages of like 26 and 36 at their house during the day and i think it's when like well those are moms moms when their husbands are at work or, and they would turn a podcast like, on and listen like that um, was actually one of the most high thing the, the one beneath that is people driving in their cars yeah mo- moms stay-at-home moms or even like uh what are they called nannies nannies yeah. um or like day like i know uh the the lady who helps us at our house who works here, She, I think she listens to a podcast or something while she's cleaning here. Yeah. So like I could totally see... We, we only let her listen to our <laughs> podcast while she cleans <laughs> no, our don't. house. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but, um, and I, Kenny G. Kenny G. Kenny G's <laughs> Playing G. that sax. That's right. If you guys don't know who Kenny G is, Check you need to listen to the Kanye West album. 
And if you don't like Kanye West, get off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Guys, that's all we really have for you today. Yeah, but before we sign off, I want to talk just briefly about the lifestyle course. No, you can't. Well, it's going to happen. Just kidding. So zip it over there. Go ahead. Uh, So we have got this lifestyle course done. We're super excited about it. If you want to sign up for early access, because we're going to be releasing it very soon. And if you want to get early access to the course, just go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com and it will direct you to a page with more information on the course. You can drop your email in there and that'll let us know that you want early access to it. And we're super excited because we're almost at the point where we're going to be able to release early access and you know we'll have some additional perks in there for people to do that. But this course is something that we have spent close to our whole life putting together if we really look back and think about it, all the different trials and errors and learnings and different types of health and work protocols we've put in and mobility and fitness routines and mindfulness practices and breathing routines and sleep practices and all these different things that are going to help you become a better person. And I am super excited to release it. I know Nina is as well. And if you just go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com, you can drop your name in there and sign up. We'll send you information on it and we're going to be granting you early access to it as soon as it's ready. And you'll be able to be one of the first people that gets to check it out, take the course. It's, it's a video course. It also comes with our lifestyle guide that has a tremendous amount of valuable content in, it, in there that links you directly to workout tutorials, fit, uh, flexibility and mobility tutorials, recommended minerals and supplements that we talk about throughout the program, and skincare regimes, all these different things that we talk about in the course it's going to give you direct access to those different resources and then we also include our lifestyle notes as well which is basically you know just a ton of information that we discuss in the course so that you don't have to sit there and take notes the entire time if you don't want to I and mean, we, we recommend doing that so you because everyone learns differently but we've got all of the content covered for what you're going to need to get a really valuable experience how to take in the course so like i mentioned by dixonlifestylecourse.com go check that out and you will get an email notification right away with information about next steps. And we're super excited to release it once again. Hope everybody is doing well out there. We're excited that you've been on this year-long journey with you. For everybody that's been with us since the beginning, thank you so much. We're super grateful for that. So grateful. And, and everybody that's midway through or just joining us that's brand new, thank you very much as well. Thanks for joining us. And we look forward. I will try to be more prepared next week. Is what Brian's trying to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we look forward um, to. Uh, sometimes to I like bullshitting. Com- you know, coming on the journey with us. We're really appreciative of it. So. Sorry, I just keep cutting him off because it's just making me laugh right now. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care.